Coming up, reactions to NBA opening night and Doc Rivers next. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is gonna be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it, I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game and they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right at first half of the first game. I don't know, West Coast time. That's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. Put up a new rewatchables on Monday night. We did In the Line of Fire with Clint Eastwood and John Malkovich came out 30 years ago. It is a classic, classic DC thriller. Me and Chris Ryan, we broke it down. Got a horror movie coming next week. Yeah. It's time. Halloween's coming. My favorite holiday of the year. Is Halloween a holiday? I guess it's not because we have to work. Well, it's my favorite special day of the year. I love Halloween. So get ready for a horror movie next week on the Rewatchables. Prestige TV is going to be coming back next month too. We have a bunch of big shows that are on their way back. But if you watch Follow the House of Usher, Van Lathan and Joanna Robinson, they broke that one down on the Prestige TV feed this week. Um, Basketball, so it's starting. Uh, by the time you hear this, we'll have had two games. But the Ringer basketball plan, so you can check out the mismatch with Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon. The Ringer NBA show, that's Sunday and Wednesdays. Group chat with Varier and Waz and Mahoney. And then we have Real Ones with Logan and Raja. That's Monday and Thursday. Howard Beck's going to be on the Monday episode. We might mess around on Fridays on the Ringer NBA show, so stay tuned for that. We have the Ringer Gambling Show as well, where we'll be covering way more NBA stuff. We have Austin Rivers has his own feed now for us, Off Guard, and uh, Rosillo as well. Plus, you know, Tay Frazier, no stranger to NBA content on the One Shining Podcast feed and on Through the Ringer. So that's all of our NBA stuff. Check out theringer.com. I thought we had an awesome preseason of pieces. I love the NBA rankings. We did the top 100. So I hope you have theringer.com bookmarked. Coming up on this podcast, I am going to be reacting at the top to the two NBA games we had tonight, both Western Conference clashes. Great to have basketball back. And then our guy, Doc Rivers, he is going to be popping on this podcast a lot during the season. We're going to talk about that in one second. This is a really fun podcast. Can't wait. First, our friends from Pearl Jam.
right, taping this, it is 10 o'clock Pacific time. I just watched five straight hours of basketball. It was wonderful. I had such a great time. It's so nice to have basketball back. I did. The Phillies game on at the same time. It was just, it was great. I had even in the other TV, I put Godfather 2 was on Pluto. Had that one going as well. It was just, just a wonderful night on the wall of TVs. I'm going to play a little game of I knew, I didn't know with the two games we saw tonight. We'll start with uh, Suns Warriors because that was the second one. I knew that Devin Booker was an MVP candidate. In fact, if you remember, I was telling people, this is the bet. This is the long shot bet. He was 22 to one before the season. You figure they don't have a point guard this year. He's going to have the ball more. He was already a 27 points a game guy. He'll take the leap maybe if they're a contender, the whole thing. Well, tonight he was 32, eight and six. He was the best guy on the floor. He played 37 minutes, six turnovers, whatever. Uh, created a bunch of great shots for them down the stretch. And just, if you only watched one basketball game all year and just watched that game, you'd be like, oh, he's clearly the best guy in this game. Obviously, he's not, but tonight he was. I wasn't surprised because if you think about MVP, you know, usually it's the usual suspects, Jokic and Giannis, I think would be, they had the best odds. They were the most likely. Then people, a lot of people like Tatum, but I always thought the Booker odds were out of whack, especially if Phoenix is really good. Now, Phoenix is 1-0. We're super happy about what we saw from them tonight. I'll talk about a bunch of stuff. But um, the big thing with them is the durability. How many games are they going to get from Nurkic? How many games are they going to get from 35-year-old KD? Bradley Bill didn't play tonight. He didn't make it to game one. So, you know, on the one hand, it looks great right now. But on the other hand, if guys keep dropping and disappearing, who knows? I just know that Booker's MVP odds should be better. So they go to 14-1 on FanDuel and will probably be in single figures by next week. I didn't know that I'd be looking up historical comps for him because Van Lathan texted me and said, who's the historical comp for Devin Booker? And then I got completely sidetracked and I was on basketball reference and I'm looking around. I came up with this. TMC Warriors era Mitch Richmond, younger Mitch Richmond, really had some hops, um, really crafty, like, you know, 18-footers, some threes, athletic, and... uh and I think some late 2000s Kobe, you know, that that kind of Kobe 3.0 version where he's a little more grounded. It was, a, you know, a little more of a surgical assassin. I would say those are the two comps for him. And, and just like a whiff of Jojo White. That would be the other one I would throw in. Yeah, I'm going for the old people on that reference. Um, anyway, thanks, Van, for sidetracking me for 15 minutes tonight. I knew the Warriors would miss Draymond Green, that they would miss his playmaking, they would miss his defense, um, you know, not rocket science. I thought he was either the best or the second best defensive player last year. Um, I didn't know that I'd like the Chris Paul experience a little less than I expected. Now, we're going to give this time. These guys are still trying to figure out how to play with each other. Um, it was a lot of dribbling from him, from a Warriors team that loves to have constant movement and and, and just the ball kind of flipping around and everything kind of playing off Curry. It reminded me a little bit of that first Durant season with Curry when um, there were times when Curry just kind of seemed to disappear. He also got in foul trouble. Um, but it did make me wonder because you have him and Curry out there together. You're pretty small. You're not awesome defensively. Then you have Clay. He doesn't rebound either. And go figure, they get out-rebounded 60 to, 60 to 49 today. Um, but it just made me wonder when everyone's back, three, four, or five months from now, 
who's finishing games for them? Because I don't feel like you can have Chris Paul and Klay Thompson out there with Curry and with Wiggins. And now I have room for only Draymond or Looney. Then there's the Kaminga piece. Does he keep coming on? I just don't feel like he's going to be finishing games for them. And how's he going to handle that? I know he's 38 years old. But um, it did get my brain racing because you'll hear when we talk to Doc Rivers in a second, I got progressively higher on this Warriors team as as the preseason went along. And then I watched tonight and they just seem small and a tiny bit old, especially Clay. Um, speaking of uh, of Clay, I knew the biggest concern with the Warriors this season would be the rebounding. I didn't know they would get their asses kicked by Nurkic and Akogi and Drew Eubanks. The Phoenix Center had 22 rebounds tonight which was depressing. I also knew Chris Paul was 38 years old. I didn't know it would look like he didn't totally have his legs in game one. He was 0 for 6 from 3 and uh, missed some big threes. And I just wonder, like Kaminga and Moody look like they're in a much better place. Everyone's saying the right things about both of those guys. And they need both of them to step up if this team, like Barkley said, they weren't a contender after the game. I feel like they're a contender. I'm taking them seriously because of Curry but maybe they're below Denver and the Lakers and a healthy Phoenix. We'll see if Phoenix can stay healthy. But I do wonder, is CP3 on this team in February, would they package him with Kaminga and CP3? You think of all these other teams that have just said, fuck it, and they don't care about their first-round picks. Phoenix didn't care about their first-round picks with Durant. Um, you look at Milwaukee, they basically mortgaged the entire decade just to have a Giannis and Dame team. They have no picks left. Um, Minnesota mortgaged everything for Gobert and Golden State has gotten really cute and tried to do that double heiress thing. Curry's 35. We don't know how many more years we have with him um, at the at the, at the the Curry level we're accustomed to. And will they look at this with the Chris Paul expiring, one or two of the young guys? Can they get a bigger impact guy? And what do their five guys look like at the end? It's Draymond, it's Curry, it's Wiggins. I guess it's Clay. And then is CP3 the fifth guy? Is it Looney? It's a hard one. This is going to be a hard team to coach this year. Uh, I knew Durant was 35 years old and had been in the NBA since 2007. I didn't know he looked like he was 35 years old today. It was seven for 22. Um, was short on some shots. This was a continuation of a couple weird playoff games and Suns games he had after the trade. He just had a lot of wear and tear on him. And it's something I'm watching. Like, he might have 55 points in the next game. I wouldn't be surprised. But, you know, I think what happens as you get older and you get older, and we're going to see this with Clay too, and who knows, we might even see it with Curry. Mid-30s, you can still hit that great game once a week and maybe even one and a half times a week, but not three times a week. Like Booker, what we saw tonight, that's just Booker. That's what he's going to do. 75, 80% of the season. Durant a little older, like some of those shots were going sideways and short. And um, I'm just watching that one because he's still one of the 15, 20 best players in the league, probably 20. Um, and when he has it going, he's in the top 10 to 12. But how often can he get it going? And how often are they going to need him? Maybe they're not going to need him as much as as we thought with how good uh, how good Booker looked. So I also didn't know I might be eating crow in this Nurkic trade, which I hated. Said repeatedly, uh, not a huge fan of Nurkic. Looked pretty good tonight. He's banging around, setting screens. 
rolling on high screens. Got annihilated on a couple switches. Chris Paul dusted him a couple times. But it looked better than I thought, and especially him and Eubanks together. Now, this is a perfect matchup for them because the Warriors aren't exactly a team with dominant big men. Um, will he play more than 45 games? I'd say it's probably 40-60 that he would. But, um, but certainly better than I expected tonight. Grayson Allen was terrible. Um, this year, Little didn't do very much. And I still think Aiton, I still think they should have kept him and figured out what they had. But um, it was an encouraging first game. I know I'm going to get a text from Eddie Johnson tomorrow. I, I can feel it. I, I know it's going to be a really sarcastic text. So um, try not to overreact too much to this game. The big takeaway for me is just this could be like a Booker moving into the top four, top five type of territory this season. I'm just keeping my eye on that. All right. Other game, Nuggets, Lakers. I knew. Nicole Jokic was the best player in the league. He put up, what, 29, 12, 13 today. When they pulled away in the fourth quarter, he was involved in every single play. Um, they Nobody has figured out yet how to stop him when he's just playing in 20 feet from the basket at the top of the key, and he's either doing handoffs or high posts, like trying to find cutters, or he's just saying, you know what, you guys go away. I'm just going to do the twirling, rotating, running hook thing, or I'm going to pull back and shoot. Like, the Lakers saw it. Uh, they got swept last year by this team. You would have thought they would have had some strategies in place. Nope, they did not. He is still the best player in the league. And people were like, no, Giannis is going to take the title back. If Jokic is going to play like this, um, I just think, yeah, I don't know what level Giannis would have to go to to grab the, uh, I mean, obviously have to win the title, but what, what would he have to do? Like 32, 15, and 12? Jokic feels like he's going to have a triple-double every night. I also knew... Now, I'm not allowed to bet on awards because I have a vote on the awards. If I was allowed to bet on the awards, I would have put a Booker MVP bet. I am allowed to bet on the individual stuff, like the scoring title, assist title, stuff like that. I bet on, when I was in Boston, I bet on Jokic to win the assist title at plus 500. And the theory was James Harden, he won it last year. God only knows what's going to happen with him this year. Trey Young playing off the ball more. He's around 10 a game. Maybe that dips like by an assist. Halliburton, I don't know. Can he get to 10? LaMelo, maybe. Crappy team. And I just thought Jokic really probably could average 10 assists a game this year. And you watch tonight, it just seems like he's have, he just has his whole team so well figured out that I actually think he should be the favorite to win that personally. Um, I didn't know that the Lakers might be going with this 29 minutes a game thing this season with LeBron. Because Darvin Ham said after the game, it was like, was that an accident? He played 29 minutes? Like, no, not really. So it's almost like he's 39 years old and he's been in the league 21 years and they're trying to be careful with him. Oh, wait, he he is 39 years old. Um, he looked pretty good tonight. He's he's still, he's just turned into Carl Malone. He's like, Doc and I talk about it later. He's just turned into a more creative, intelligent, uh, basketball savvy Carl Malone's body just with a different brain put into it. But you know, if you're worried, if you're a Laker fan, and I don't think you should be worried because the Nuggets are the best team in the league. And I think the Lakers, I have the the four of the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Bucks, Celtics, then the Heat right there. The Suns, if they're healthy in April, May, June, and then maybe the Warriors, Those that would be the group I would have. Lakers are still there. They're fine. But... LeBron played 29 minutes today and D'Angelo Russell played 36. And that is a huge red flag to me because I wasn't sure D'Angelo Russell was going to even be on this team in February. 
Um, we'll see. I think it's smart. You want LeBron healthy in April, May, and June. 29 minutes a game is fine. This team's deep. I thought Reeves, they should have been running more stuff for him tonight. And I look forward. I don't know what's going on with his haircut exactly. Um, but other than that, uh, the Team USA experience was great for him. I would like to see him more involved if they're going to do LeBron and stagger the minutes and try to figure out how to how to leverage Reeves. They're playing a lot of guys tonight. They're just throwing shit against the wall, it seemed like. Um, but I knew the Lakers would regret talking shit about Denver this summer. Nobody really seemed to remember the reasons for it, you know, because they I think they felt like Mike Malone got a little chirpy. But the reason he got chirpy was because they swept the the Lakers and right after the game, LeBron hijacked it by doing this whole I might retire thing. And I think it pissed the Nuggets off because they were just like, we just beat these guys. We swept them. We earned their respect. People should be talking about us. I'm, this is what I think Mike Malone felt like. And then LeBron, nope, nobody on the planet thought he was going to retire. So he threw that out there and it was almost like he threw it out there to steal attention from them. And I think it made them mad. And then it somehow made the Lakers bad that the Nuggets were chirping. It's interesting that um, when the when the war when the Warriors lost to the Cavaliers in 2016, and they blew the three one lead. Remember, LeBron had that Halloween party with all the Cavs, and it had like the jokes about it, there was three one tombstones and all these things like making fun of the Warriors for blowing the lead. So I don't know. You can't you can't have that one both ways. But um, AD said on media day, which was like, I don't know, three weeks ago, that uh, it was very motivating to them. Again, I don't know what was motivating because it really seems like the Lakers have talked five times more than the Nuggets, um, really, since the, since the series where they got swept. And by they, I mean the Lakers. They got swept. Why are they talking at all? Um, AD was saying it was motivating for them. And, of course, he stunk. And he did not score in the second half. And it motivated him for about an hour. And by the end of the game, the Nuggets fans were chanting, who's your daddy at them? The old uh, Yankees Pedro chant. And wasn't a great look for the Lakers. I got to be honest. You, you talk that much shit, you got to back it up. And I think they forgot that they were talking to shit to the team with the best guy in the league. That team's going to be awesome. Uh, I think their over-under was 52 and you just think like the, the concern was, oh, what are we getting from their bench? They look fine. And Jokic is amazing. And um, he's still the most fun guy to watch in the league, at least for me. But really fun night of basketball. Uh, good night for the league, you know, putting up four teams. But we have all these other entertaining teams, too. I just feel like from a talent standpoint, the league is in the best shape it's been. And I had a really good time tonight watching basketball. Sorry, Phillies fans. I have Philly fans in my life who are blaming me that um, because I talked on Sunday's pod about how Philly was becoming the new Boston. They think I intentionally jinxed Philly to blow those next two games, which they did. Uh, I did not do that. Unfortunately, I don't have powers like that. And if I did have powers like that, I would be wagering on them. And I would have said, I'm going to do this tonight. And I'm going to bet on the Diamondbacks. Um, I wanted the, I had, I had money in the Phillies. And honestly, Diamondbacks, Rangers, I, I don't, know if that's too exciting for a guy like me who lives in Los Angeles and roots for the Red Sox. I don't know if I'm going to get too pumped about Diamondbacks Rangers. My apologies. But uh, but yeah, uh, great TV night. 
nothing better than October. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to our new guy, Doc Rivers. Oh yeah, that's next. Jumping in the NBA action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers get three months of NBA League Pass courtesy of FanDuel when they place a $5 bet on the NBA. That way you can watch all the action as you bet on everything from point spreads to player props. I'm going to be tweeting out a same game parlay on Wednesday involving the Mavs Spurs game. So be ready for that. I can promise you a rookie on the Spurs will be involved. I can promise you. It's a guarantee. Probably some blocks. Who knows? Who knows what I'm capable of? Best of all, you'll get paid your winnings instantly, so don't miss your chance to get $200 in bonus bets plus three months of NBA League Pass. Visit FanDuel.com slash BS and tip off the NBA season, right? FanDuel official partner of the NBA. You must be 21 plus and president in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. All customer offer, $5 NBA wager required, a limit, one pass per customer across both offers. Restrictions apply void where prohibited. See full terms for both offers at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. NBA League Pass, local blackout restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Summer is all about fun vacations, but I know that being away from home can be stressful. So many things can happen. That's why I like to recommend Simply Safe. Award-winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away. The only thing you should worry about while you're on vacation is having too much fun. Having my home, it's great. Couldn't work better. I think Simply Safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24/7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out a 60-day money-back guarantee. No contracts right now. Get 20% off any Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash BS. That is Simply Safe with two S. Simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, Doc Rivers is here. We have a little bit of an announcement. You're going to be doing some podcasts with us. You're like a real talking head media person now. If I, you're, you're back. We got you back. <laughs> I'm back. It took me a while. It took me, uh, what, 24 good years to come back, solidly at least. So I'm back doing it. I'm really looking forward to it. So you had, uh, this is the first summer since when that you didn't coach? 2004? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, probably. You know, I think you're right. That's a long time, Bill. Yeah, because uh, you went Orlando, you went Boston, then you went right to the Clippers, and then you went well, right I, to I, Philly, right? Yeah, I never. I, I went from Orlando to Boston to Philly uh, to the Clippers to Philly. I never had. I've done twenty whatever straight training camps. Uh, the only one that's done that is me and Pop. Uh, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. I think it's twenty three or twenty four straight tra training camps. That's so crazy. What, what did you miss about not being in the mix this year, or or did you not miss anything? <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. I, I'm sure I miss something. You know, I like, I love coaching. I'm good at it. I enjoyed it. Having said that, um, you know, you don't know you need a break sometimes, Bill, until you, you have a break. And I did things this summer. You know, I remember uh, I, I was in, I was in Ireland. Okay. Golfing. And I get about, I think you even email, I get like 10 texts, 15 texts 
because James Harden made the comment about Daryl Morey. And I read them all, and then I go and grab my seven iron, and I'm standing over there, and I'm thinking, <laughs> this is not all bad. This is pretty good over here. So, you know, that's the stuff you don't miss. You you obviously miss the camaraderie, and you miss your coaching staff, and you miss things like that. You miss some of the players, uh, but you don't miss some of the other stuff. And And this has been a really refreshing summer. Uh, I've had more talks with coaches that I, you know, talks that I would never have, uh, with, with, with a lot of coaches, a lot of coaches. So why why wouldn't you have them? Because there's like a competitive thing or you're afraid to share info. What is it? A little bit of all, all those, you know, some of it is coaches wouldn't reach out to you because you're in the same division, same conference. Um, some of the coaches that you have friendships with, would, but even them, uh, are asking way more stuff uh and it's been fun it's been fun you know as much as i give i you learn too because i ask a lot of questions back you know i'm just not a giver i'm like come on give me some stuff too um you know there's an old adage and i don't know what coach said it a hundred years ago uh but you know when you're sitting there with your own individual team bill and you think man we got attitudes we got this we got that you know Never underestimate the crap on other teams. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's so true, though. And and hearing guys talk, you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there. But then the, the little few, ba- even good teams, I'm talking elite teams when they're sharing, you're like, oh, I didn't know that. I thought we- that was just us. You know what it's like? It's like how everybody has a dysfunctional family, but they think they're yes. the only one with a dysfunctional family and that everybody else's family is normal. And then you get under the hood with somebody else's family. It's like, oh, your family's weird too. Yeah. Oh, it's not and, just me. Yeah. And you're like, this is good news. <laughs> <laughs> so you like, for instance, when you're talking about helping other teams, you were pretty instrumental with getting Sam Cassell to Boston, yeah. a team that you know, you, that broke your heart in May. I mean, that wasn't that long ago. You had a 3-2 lead in that series. Sorry to bring that up. You came within Thanks, four Bill. minutes. It seems like you're getting the next round. And then two months later, you're helping them hire Sam Cassell, your friend. Yeah, well, first of all, it was Boston. That was easy. Um, yeah. Brad and I have a terrific relationship. Um, um, I have a relationship with all the owners. You know, so that one wasn't hard. Uh, Sam had a chance to go to, I think, two or three teams, Bill. And I... I really pushed that one. I just thought it was a great fit. I thought for Joe, it was a really good fit as as well because Joe's a young coach. I was a young coach. And I really leaned on uh, my veteran coaches when I first started. Uh, I want to say I had two head coaches on my staff um, when, I, when I took my job in Orlando and I thought it was invaluable. But yeah. it's, it's also interesting that you have to do your own thing. I spent some time talking to Joe as well, which I thought, uh, was really good. And, you know, one of the things just sharing with him saying you have to trust your own instincts, even though you may have more knowledgeable people at times around you, it's still your team. And there's times that you're going to have to listen uh, and trust. And then there's times you have to go with your own field and instinct. Uh, and I think Joe does that. I think oh, if you want to be a good coach, you better do that. You know, I remember my my first year coaching. Uh, we were supposed to be awful. Like, I mean, really bad. I think right. someone predicted us to be the worst team in basketball history. Uh, and we had, we started out 0-3, I think, or 0-2, and, and I don't remember exactly. But we had like a four or five-day break, and I came to practice and said, you know what? 
I'm going to redo our entire offense. And the two head coaches that were on the staff said, you don't do that. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you just, you can't do that. We had the entire training camp. Right. And I said, yeah, but we've also traded like seven of the guys that we had at camp and this doesn't fit. And they just said, you can't. I said, well, I'm going to do it. And Bill, I swear it turned our season around. I mean, we, we were one game away from the playoffs. And if we don't do that, we would have continued to lose because we were running an offense that just didn't fit what we had. And so those are the type of things that like Joe and all young coaches have to figure out on their own. So sometimes almost being young and dumb as a coach is a good thing because you're looking at things without the experience. That makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, you're he had to take chances. You could see it on the other sideline that I don't want to say it was a dysfunctional Celtics team, but it was a pretty weird season where they lose their head coach right before the year. They lose Will Hardy to Utah. They lose Damon Stoudemire halfway through the season. Missoula gets thrown into all of this and he's got to figure stuff out on the fly. He's got relationships with some of the players as, you know, the young assistant. Now he's the head coach. Now he's yeah. got to figure out how to deal with different personalities. And it didn't seem right. And I got to say, though, the summer they had where they trade Marcus, they trade Grant Williams, Brogdon's gone, Rob Williams is gone, but especially Grant Williams and Smart, it really seemed like they were doubling down on Joe being like, all right, well, we were dysfunctional last year. We're removing all the excuses from you. We're giving you Sam Cassell. We're bringing in uh, all these different coaches, Charles Lee. We're bringing in Jeff Van Gundy as a consultant. Like, there are no excuses now. This is your team. Here are the car keys. So now we're yeah, going to know, right? Yeah, and, and listen, when you think about what he went through last year, he did a hell of a job. I mean, think yeah. about this. In the middle of the summer, he was thinking, uh, maybe I can be the summer league coach next year. Uh, you know, and then all of yeah. a sudden, He's the head coach of the team. To be thrown into that and then to have Damon leave your staff, uh, to have all the other unrest, I thought he did a remarkable job under – it wasn't like he was taking – he was taking a team that had a chance to win a title. Yeah. So the pressure and all that was on. And, and you know what people underestimate? And, I, and I'm predicting this. I don't know this. But dealing with the media every day for someone who had never done it is hard. And you usually – fail that test in your first couple of years. Um, you know, I well, was especially lucky. if you weren't a player, right? Like at least you were yeah. a player. So you had a taste of it from at least that side. Yeah. You've had a taste of it and you've, and as a player, you've kind of had your day. So it doesn't affect you as much if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, even me, I had, I was in Orlando, you know, it was some media, but Boston, right. my gosh. So, I guess, and uh, you know, I don't know if, if people thought he did a good job media wise or not. I hear not for the most part. I well, guarantee wasn't he'll great. be better this year. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't great, but I think uh, I don't know. I, I, I back, obviously, part of my job is to be critical or or to praise somebody yeah. either way and try to be fair. And I thought he was in an unfair situation, but I also think there were a lot of mistakes. And it's like, what's the line of commenting on? what I see, which seems to be a, a pretty dysfunctional team on the one hand, but on the other hand, they, you know, came really close to making the finals. So how bad was yeah. it? Yeah, no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad, but they did have issues. I mean, Marcus Smart uh, at times wasn't happy and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And, you know, Grant had his ups and downs. Uh, they lost a lot though. You know, they gained a lot and they lost a lot. It'll be really interesting to watch them uh, this year. I have the game tomorrow night, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, but, you know, Getting holiday, oh my gosh. Like, if you, 
you couldn't have picked, in my opinion, a more perfect person for the team because he's such a veteran. Um, you know, I do think they're going to miss some of Smart's leadership, as crazy as that sounds. Like, like Drew, is a uh, he's a, a solid veteran. Like, he's one of those plug-and-play guys that you can put in. But he's not a guy that's going to be getting up and yelling and, and telling guys what to do. Yeah. Uh, and Smart really was the only guy uh, from what you hear to, to do that, maybe sometimes too much. Um, right. You know, but it does help to have a voice in your locker room. Uh, it, it really does. And so I do think they'll miss that a little bit. Um, well, you know, it seemed Robert like Williams, sifting, sifting through the breadcrumbs of why they did that, it did seem like his voice was actually like almost too big. And it, 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 it really, happen. and they even said that, like they really yeah. wanted Tatum and Brown to kind of be the leaders of the team. And Smart was looking at those guys as his little brother from day one. And sometimes you can't break out of that. Even as somebody ascends and their role gets bigger, you still look at them as like the little brother. And I do think yeah. they were conscious of that. No doubt. The only thing I would say to that is either you're a leader or you're not, you know, and I believe mm. that. Um, uh, now, Tatum and Brown are so young. And, you know, Tatum's a guy to me. He is clearly taking the steps. Like, he, he's top five, top seven, top yep. ten, whatever list you want to put in. He's in it. He's established himself as a consistent great player, you know, overall, right? Uh, Brown will be the guy that has to take the next step. Now, as far as leadership, that's different, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you think about it, they have Porzingis now, who I think is a fantastic uh, sign for them. Um, stretches the floor. Uh, gives him more room. Jeez, just with, if I'm a defender, I'm like, no, don't do this. Now right. we got the five standing out at the three point line. Uh, Holiday, another great three point shooter. But uh, Taylor and Brown are used to all the shots. They really are. And yeah. now you have a Przingis who's going to take more shots, right? Uh, you have Holiday that's going to take some shots. And, you know, for the Celtics, it's going to come down to, to me, is if you guys can sacrifice enough to win because you know everyone's not going to be able to take the same amount of shots that they took well, in years previous you went through that in the 0708 team yeah yeah pierce and, and ray allen both had to give up shots that was it hey you're going to shoot four or five less times a game and that's what we're going to be this year yeah now holiday you can consider would be garnett in a lot of ways because yeah. he's going to do like when i say plug and play he is his the most important plug-and-play guy in the league, maybe, because he can do it anywhere, with any team, with any system, does his job, supports his teammates, you know, so that will work uh, for Zingas, but it's still different, and people don't get it. When you take three or four shots from anybody, it, it can bother them. It can be different, so yeah. it'll be interesting how it works out. I think it's going to work great. I, you can see it in preseason. Um you know, well, he's playing with to, more pace, so maybe he thinks the pace will end up everybody will get the same amount of shots anyway. Also, we gave well, Jalen Brown $300 million to feel good about having three less shots a game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is easier to accept. <laughs> he's going to he's sure. gonna wipe his tears with $20 bills. He'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you were playing the Celtics, like let's say you came back with the Philly team, same yeah. team, like, they're basically the team they have now. Let's even pretend Harden's playing. We'll get to them later. Yeah. Um, and you're looking at how do I attack this Celtics team? And they're shooting all over the place. And it's like, hey, man, if Porzingis is in the corner, you can't 
you can't come off him too far because he's seven foot four and he's going to just shoot open threes over you. And like, what, what are you trying to basically say? All right, we'll give them this because I don't want to give them this. And I don't, if Tatum has the ball in the low post, we got to double him because once he figures out he's, he can score in the low post, he's going to kill us. Don't let poor Zane, like, what are you trying to take away basically? Well, also, you, you, you can't forget, and I think this is one of the most underappreciated uh, parts of Porzingis. You can't switch a small guy on him. Like, right. you really can't. We tried it once in Washington, in one of our Washington games, and it was a disaster. He just yeah. turned and shoots. He's so long that he just turns and shoot on you. So that, that affects you as well. Um, but the bottom line is the two things I think you have to pressure them up the floor. You have to make them use clock as much as you can. Um, you have to get to the foul line against them uh, because that slows them mm. down. Uh, and then you have to run them off the three. You have to make them constantly take make the extra pass because when they're, you know, last year, I think, what were they, 39 and one or something when they shot above 40 from the three. Uh, but when they shot under 40, they were yeah. like 26 and 24. So clearly the three-point line is what they do well. I've even heard Joe already this summer talking about they have to get more shot attempts. That's why they're playing at, right. at a more of a pace. They have to create more turnovers. I think getting Holiday will help that. Uh, they're pressuring. I don't know if you've watched. Um, of course you've watched them. Why would I even say that? Um, oh, I've I been like watching. Oh, yeah. I like what they're doing. They did it in the Nick, one of the preseason games where they pressured a ton, uh, you know, running jumps. I think that's great. I think that sh- team should do that more overall the league yeah um so those are a couple things uh you have to do uh and you have to attack like we always saw we gotta attack one of their guys you know and really put him under attack um tatum Brown, because if you can get one of those guys off the floor uh yeah. one of those guys in early foul trouble the whole game changes for them the holiday white combo is the one i'm i'm the most excited just from a regular yeah. season standpoint just to watch because I just don't think other guys like playing those two. I, they're no. two of like the four best defensive guards in the league. And then they have them together. And you think these guys come to town, whether it's Dame or Curry or Darius Garland, pick a guard. And at least he's going to be like, oh, shit, I got, got these guys tonight. Not, not going to be a lot, of, a lot of easy minutes for me in this one. Um, can we talk first-year coach thing? Yes. Because so, Griffin on the Bucks is a first-year coach. Mm-hmm. This is something Steve Kerr told me a while ago. He was just like the first, the first year coach, and you alluded to it earlier. We we talked about it with Joe. Like that first year, you're just like underwater, and any piece of advice that works, you're like it's like you know getting a saltine when you're in the desert. You're just so happy, and you're just so worried you're gonna screw it up, and all the different things with the media and trying to massage the players and the chemistry, and there's a million things going on. So here's Milwaukee now with a new coach, Adrian Griffin, who loses Terry Stotts, who who resigned last week. Really weird yeah, story. That um, was weird. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I've heard of a story like that. Have you? I have, I don't know if I've ever heard of that. No, because that's, I don't know what that was about yet. I've heard. Heard things. versions, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was really weird. And that does not help. You know, it also just doesn't help as far as player confidence. So, you know, they, right. they see that going on and they're like, what's going on? Is, is is the guy leaving because he doesn't like what the head coach is doing? It just, I I didn't like the look. 
Uh, and and also home. that was Dame's yeah. guy. Dame had coached yeah. him for or coach been coached by him for a few years there and liked him. So I if you're gonna pick apart Milwaukee, the new coach piece is is one piece, right? And the the big spotlight of Giannis and Dame and we're on a window here and we gotta do this. And then the the defense would be the other thing. Which one, as you look at it, are you more concerned about for them? I would say defense. Uh, I would, because of the position uh, that they lost on defense. You know, uh, Drew guarded everybody, one, two, threes. Uh, and now, you know, I, you know it's funny. Uh, I was looking at Maxie, who, who I obviously love. And there were, he had some good games against Milwaukee, and he had some struggles against Milwaukee. And the struggles were because of one dude, Holiday. Yeah. You, you know, and now that guy's gone. And so with his speed, I was like, he's going to have a field day. Like, he's going to be able to attack them now, you know? And so, for me, it's not the, the new coach because, you know, Griff has been in the league for so long. Uh, and he's been, even though he hasn't been a head coach, he's been around enough, if you know what I mean, yeah. that he'll be fine. Uh, to me, it'll be more, can they have the same buy-in defensively? Uh, because as good as Lopez is, and as good as Giannis is but not as consistent of a great defender as he used to be because he's doing more stuff. Um, the key will be Dame and how they're going to try to attack him uh, because they are, everyone will. And that'll be the key for me. Uh, can we talk about this? Because I, I kept bringing this up this summer and then people, everyone thinks you have an agenda with everything you say when you have like a podcast like this. Like, oh, you're just saying that because he's not going to the Celtics. I'm like, I watch basketball, like teams hunt Dame and we just haven't seen it in the playoffs for four years because he hasn't been in the playoffs. And now he's in his mid thirties. And I feel like basketball, we talked about it after the uh, finals when we were talking about the Denver, Miami. Basketball has turned into this like advanced chess of whatever your weakness is. I'm, I'm just coming after that weakness for seven games. Like, and if you don't fix this weakness, I'm going to pick the scab, pick the scab, pick the scab. And I just don't think he's a good defensive player. And as good as well, Giannis is, you can't protect it past a certain point. Yeah, and that's the way it's always been in, in a lot of ways, just more so of it now. Uh, yeah. Because you do have more individual players now. Uh, but, right. you, you know, it's funny. You know, we used to say, what are you, you in the regular season, you play eight or nine. In the playoffs, you play eight. Uh, you rely on seven. You trust six. Yeah. You know? Uh, and what happens is that because what teams do, they look at your team. And it doesn't happen in regular season. You can get away with it every once in a while. Someone will come up with a, a game plan, you know, for one game that affects you. But in the playoffs, they're going to find whatever you're weak at. It's just going to happen. Um, and either you have two, one or two options. You can take that weakness off the floor or you have to try to play around that weakness and give it enough support to win. And that's just the way it's going to be on every playoff series. You try to find whatever, you know, with us, with the Celtics, we tried to attack the basket a lot and then create stuff. You know, that's, yeah. they're going to do that even more because Rob Williams is gone. Though Porzingis is an underrated shot block. Uh, with Milwaukee, the one area you never attacked um, was Holiday. You can make a case. The reason Miami beat Milwaukee is because they actually attacked their best, you know, you know, in war. With Butler, like, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, if you attack the strength, and you can take that down, then you're in great shape. That's what Miami basically did, you know. So, yeah, yeah that's going to be an issue. But they'll work on it all year. Like, here's, here's the one thing the Milwaukee staff knows. 
exactly what we're talking about. And they know it right now. And yeah. so even with me last year, with James, you know, defensively, we were we knew what people were going to do before the season started, right? And so we really worked on some. We knew Maxie and James defensively were the two areas people would attack right yeah. away. Um, and so we worked on ways of getting around that all season so we'd be better prepared for it. Yeah, I remember three years ago in the bubble, Kemba Walker became the hunted one in the playoffs yeah. and it literally cost them the finals. Like they couldn't, they couldn't figure out any situation where if a team had multiple, you know, creators, they just, they kept flipping picks and flipping stuff until Kemba was on the wrong guy. And then that's who they yeah, went to. It, it makes coaching miserable. It, it really does <laughs> right. because you are in your mind thinking, man, I may have to take Kemba walk off the floor. I can't take him a walker off the floor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? That's what. Uh, that's where the courage and coaching comes into play is doing those circumstances. Well, you had, I mean, even in 08, like the small lineup was the one that it's was kind of quietly the most effective, but it was a lineup yeah. where people had to come off the floor that were used to playing big minutes. Well, Bill, people don't realize, you know, you remember uh, the game we came back and won uh, against four, the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, we, that was with Rondo and Perk off the floor. I right. think we had Eddie House and James Posey in, yeah. right? And so then we lose uh, game five, which we could have closed Scott out. Scott Foster. Yeah. Scott Foster special. <laughs> no, no, no comments. <laughs> uh, but I, I had pressure on me not to start Rondo for game six. Yeah. I mean, from, from inside the building, pressure. Right. Like, man, Here are the lineups. Look at our plus yeah. minus with these five. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and so obviously we didn't do that. And Rondo had the game of his life, um, which is why you stick with your guys as long as you can, because you know what they can do. Uh, but it's a it's a tough call and you can be right and you can be wrong. And that's just part of it. I'm really interested in the defense and then the swing guys they have, which I think are below average. If you're just going to compare other swing guys to the other 29 teams. But then they have Giannis. They just signed him. Two-year extension. Um, yeah. I, you know, he he sent out some some sonar signals, and then they make the Dame trade. Um, and now he's back for at least two more years, which I, you, you and I are aligned on this one. I like when guys stay in the same city. It's more fun I for a it. podcast if we think guys are going to get traded. But yeah. I like that Curry's going to retire as a warrior. And I like that Jokic will be in Denver. And it's it's great for the league. Yeah, you know, it's great for all leagues. That's why in football, you don't see, you know, it's it's rare that Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers, you know, right. and Joe Montana leaves the 49ers at, you know, when it, but they both do them when they're like 50. So yeah. it's, it's not a, it's not as dramatic. Uh but it just brings loyalty. And, and you know, growing up, I had guys on the wall uh by my bed and you can put a staple in it. They're going to yeah. stay there. Now right. you better use Velcro. I mean, you're taking them down and moving them on. Things have changed. And it may be better. I don't know. But I do love when the stars say, you know what? I'm going to stay here and make this team great. I've always liked that. Yeah, me too. All right, let's take a break. And I'm going to play a little game with you called Four Words or Less. This episode is supported by State Farm. Have you ever been in an accident? and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, 
there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right? First half of the first game. I don't know. West Coast time, that's usually about Five o'clock, 5.30, perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. Four words or less. First one, repeating as a champ. Give us the landmines for Denver. What are they looking at? They climb the mountain. Jokic didn't care. Like he, I didn't, we don't even know. We're taping this before the game tonight. Who even knows if he'll look at his ring? He's just ready to play the next 82. <laughs> the, uh, the repeating as a champ, what are the like three biggest landmines in your opinion? Well, I think their bench uh, has taken a hit. So that okay. would be one. Uh, secondly, will be complacency. Uh, third mm. is they are the target. Hmm. So you think, they're, you think they're the target? Because I feel like nobody's talking about them and we've already moved to the Lakers and the Warriors and Damon Giannis and the Celtics. And um, there was this graphic that ESPN did or TNT did about Tuesday night, the NBA starts and it was four guys, but Jokic wasn't one of the four guys, even though he's one of the guys playing. So I, I feel like there's a little disrespect thing already happening. Yeah, but see, this is, this is what I've always known. Um, they are the target as far as every player and coach in the NBA. Right. Trust me on that. Like LeBron knows about Phoenix. He knows about it. LeBron, there's one team he knows he has to beat. Uh, Golden State, Steve Kerr, we were talking to him last week, and the first thing he brought up was the Denver Nuggets. So the league knows. The media and all of us, we don't. We want to see Phoenix and the Lakers and the Clippers and Golden State. But there's a team in Denver that every team in the NBA knows that's who we have to be first. And so to me, they are a target. I am picking them over the Celtics to win the finals this year. And I thought long and hard about the case for the Lakers and a Celtics-Lakers finals, which we have not had since 2010 and has been a staple of the league really since the, uh, the I think 1960 was the first one. And... You know, we just had that HBO winning time show. I was like, man, that'd be amazing if it was Celtics, Lakers, LeBron trying to win his fifth. Yeah. And I just kept thinking about the playoffs last year. And I was like, I'm not picking against Jokic. Like, that dude's not even 30 yet. And Murray's going to be better than he was last year. And even if the supporting cast, I'm with you. You know, Bruce Brown, that's going to hurt. We'll see if Christian Brown can fill in some of it. But you can also, January, February, you can also grab one or two dudes. And you know this. Who's not going to want to play with Jokic other than Bones Highland? The, I would say 375 <laughs> yeah. people would want to play with him. 
So they'll be able to steal somebody chasing a ring, right? Yeah, and they don't need but one. Like, you know, you don't need yeah. that many extra guys. But right now, I do con- I'm do. i concerned by it a little bit, uh, especially on the long haul. Yeah. Uh, but complacency, I'm telling you, it's hard. Like, these guys have been on parades all summer. You know, they, they've each got to take the trophy back to their hometown, ride yeah. down the road in the car, you know, and now they come back. I mean, Michael Jordan told me this. Um, he said, he, I asked him after our first championship, like, what do I have to look forward to? He said, the championship overhaul. I said, what do you mean? He's like, now these guys have all, they want more. Each guy's going to want more. You got to get them back into their roles as quickly as possible. Right. And so playing with Jokic, though, I do believe is easier because he's such, he's the star that wants to give up the ball. So I do think that helps him a, a little bit. You know, the West, though, Bill, I don't know, man. It's, 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 a, I still think Denver. I agree with you. I think Denver's the best team. Phoenix is loaded. Yeah, they, they they really are loaded. They they the Eric Gordon, uh, Bradley Bill part of that, that that's huge for them. Um, you know, the Clippers. You, you just I, you don't keep say waiting. it. Come on, you, I'm telling you, you don't keep do waiting. it. Don't 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 put that out. You know, you know how it's going to play out. I don't. I'm, well, I don't. I don't know. But you're right. I like, <laughs> but they are they're so deep, Bill. They they yeah. like when they're at. They're so deep. Like you, you look at them, the West is the one thing I do agree with a lot of people is the West has retaken over the conferences. Like yeah. you know, unfortunately, I keep following the bad conferences. Like I go to the East, and the East is a better conference for a couple of years. And now I think that switch in the West is powerful. I have Denver one. I really like the Lakers, and I think they're gonna be better than people think. I don't like them personally, but I just like the team. Golden State yeah. um, is the crazy one to me. And the, as we got closer, we did a big over-unders pod last week. I picked them over. I wish I had gone harder on it because they won 44 last year. And it was a season that started with the leader of their team punching their six-man in the face, right? And that's just how, how it started and how it went through. They had injuries, all kind of, you know, that just, it was like the year from hell, right? Wiggins, Wiggins missed half the year. Half the year. Yeah. Right. They had a Wiseman trade. They trade for Peyton. He gets hurt. Like what yeah. went right for them last year? And they won 44. So how are they not going to win 50 plus Curry? Like, I don't know. I think he really cares about this shit. He doesn't have a lot oh, of these he left. He's 35. You know him. You're, you're in the extended fam. Like I, yeah, I think I think we kind of sleep on him thinking about the big picture stuff. I just think he's going to have a huge year, so I'm in on them. Are you? You feel the same? I do. Um, you know, I don't think people appreciate how hard how hard Curry works. I think the key, though, Bill, is Clay Thompson has to be a little better. Uh, I yeah. think this is the year. You know, he's had a year and a half now from surgery and all that stuff. I think this is the year that he takes his step back, not to where he was. I don't know if he can ever get there. Uh, but then you have Wiggins to me. And I think, you know, now I'm in the minority. I think Chris Paul will be a huge help because I, I'm with you. Are, I agree with you. Yeah. They are so different when Draymond Green is off the floor. Like you can guard them because the passing is different. Now they have another elite passer. So to yeah. me, they're going to play Draymond Green in stretches and then Chris Paul in stretches. One of those two will always be on the floor. So they'll always have a great playmaker on the floor. And I think that's going to make a big difference for them offensively. I thought it was a smart trade. It's funny, like hearing people, and you coached him for years. People are like, I don't know how it's going to fit in. It's like, 
I, I think we're good with Chris Paul assessing a basketball situation and figuring out <laughs> yeah. how to fit in. I think I think he's going to be okay. It's like a, no, a Chris, great actor. Chris is no dummy. He's no yeah, dummy. Yeah. Like he, he knows. Uh, and 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 his defense in every place he's been, he literally has had to be the leader. Yep. This place not true, right? So he gets that. It's, he's he's no dummy. So it'll work out. It'll work yeah. out fine. And they needed to do something. All right, more uh, forwards or less. This is two words. Riley 101, you texted this to me. Can you explain to the audience what Riley 101 is? Because they did not get Dame Lillard. People are like, oh, man, is that team even going to? They might be a playing team. Oh, they're out. Meanwhile, they came within a Miss Butler three of making three of the last four finals. They still have Butler and Bam. They still have their infrastructure. They still have... I think he's the best coach in the league. He's no worse than top three. Um, and they have this whole chip on their shoulder culture. Heroes pissed off. I already know what the fuck's going to happen with this team, but can you explain Riley 101 to me? Yeah, it's us against the world. He preaches it like Bill literally every day. And <laughs> by not getting Dave, may have played in their favor in some ways. Like now it's really, look, even Jimmy, the first day of camp, when no one thinks we're going to be any good. They're hearing it every day. Riley has Eric, and Eric is doing it. They are going to be such a tight group. And chemistry wins, man. It just does. And people, you can add all this talent. There's things that have not changed in sports, definitely in basketball. If you don't have great chemistry, uh, that doesn't mean you get along. That's different. I'm meaning chemistry as far as on the floor chemistry, and you play together, and you give up yourself to the team. You're not winning. Yeah. And the Miami Heat, the, they do that better than everybody else. And they do it every year. I've had as a coach, like, I've had years where I did it. I had it. I always think that first Clipper year, we had it uh, until that one six-minute period. You know, it was like a minute and a half stretch against Oklahoma. You know, oh, you right. That yeah, game, game yeah, four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that broke it for us. And we never got it back. Uh, you can see it. Like, but when you get it, you can you can go anywhere with a group of guys. And I've done it a lot. And there's times that I haven't been able to do it. Those times that I haven't, I don't care how good we are. You are not going to win. Period. So, what do you think they they're doing that everybody else isn't doing? Is Their it culture. just the type of guys they're targeting, and the, or just knowing that those guys can fit in the culture? You think it's that simple? It's two, it's two groups. It's one the type of guys that are targeting, though. They're willing to take more risk than, let's say, San Antonio. Like yeah. San Antonio targets, and they're not taking any risk. They're just not. You know, they've had a couple, though. Uh, but overall, they're just not going to do it. Um, but then it's their culture that they can absorb. You know, when we were in Boston, once we won, we felt like, ah, oh, we could absorb a couple of guys. Stefan uh, Marbury, come on in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But every time you do it, it takes you further and further away from what you are. And it puts more stress on the guys like the Garnets of the world who are trying to get, you know, it just it, overall it affects. So I would say it's culture. Um, it's amazing. I've been what, in the league 30, 40 years, Bill. And I think the one of the most underrated things in basketball in the NBA is a solid culture. If you don't have it, then you're probably not going to win. And you'll be amazed how many front office guys just don't understand that. They don't get it. Um, they think, well, let me just go get talent and we'll do right. it. And it usually doesn't work. It just doesn't. 
And you had your best chance with the Clippers, but you also had this insane ownership situation that then blew up yeah. what, in like year yeah. three of that. But even before it blew up, it, you had the Grim Reaper sitting courtside every game and walk, waltzing into the locker room. And it was just weird. It was a weird variable yeah. to introduce to an NBA season. It, it was so strange and weird. I will say that, um, you know, Steve overall wants you, he, he allows you to try to build your own culture. He's right. very involved. Now, Post Sterling, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's very involved. Sterling, it, it's funny. I think I, I talked to him 10 times, you know, but just his antics, <laughs> you know, dancing at courtside with his girlfriend when his wife is out of town. I right. mean, some of, the, some of the stuff that happened there, you know, I remember it was Vivica's birthday, right? And yeah. he's dancing with her and he spins her like doing a timeout. And I, I told my coaches to look over there and, <laughs> and they, they look, it was a doing a timeout in a regular season. I, they look and I said, I want you guys to know this. <laughs> if he's going to treat his wife that way, we have no chance. <laughs> and we start laughing. Oh but my it was God. True. We actually, I meant it. You know, it was true. Yeah. People don't even know like one tenth of all those stories, like him just coming in the locker room with random people and, you know, it, like you knew oh. when you took the job, you had an idea, but there's no way you really knew everything. No. There, you there's no known. way. I, I will honestly say, and I have I don't know if I've, I've said it a couple times to people, there's no way I'd leave Boston if I had known that. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I left at the time. I left the most solid organization. Yeah. And I went to the complete worst organization thinking I can turn this around. I right. really did. I, I convinced myself of that. And I would say within about two weeks, I knew it's, oh boy. <laughs> right. So, so this is way worse than you can ever imagine from the outside. I knew because I had had the season tickets since like 04 for them. And I, I just knew a lot me. of people. I knew a lot of people that worked for the team. <laughs> And they yeah. would tell the stories and I would always be like, that can't be true. They're like, no, this happened on Tuesday. And they, and oh. they're just like, oh my God, you can't write this, but this is, this happened three weeks ago. I'm like, oh my God. And yeah, that was a guy and they couldn't do anything about it. That was the craziest thing. It was like no, having somebody buy a house next to you and just be insane and you can't get rid of the guy. Ruining the whole neighborhood. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure that's what David Stern and Alan thought. We got this one guy. And he's ruining our entire neighborhood and we can't do anything about it. He, he literally had to self-explode himself, implode right. himself for them to get him out of the league. Well, unfortunately, he picked the postseason when you guys had a chance to win the <laughs> yeah. title for that yeah. to happen. Uh, next four words or less. LeBron James, year 21. This is his 21st year, and you were in the league coaching, I think, for all of the other years, except for maybe one. Um, did you think anybody could ever even average 20 points a game in their 21st year in the league that wasn't no. like seven foot seven? No, what he has done is extraordinary, Bill. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I never mince words. Michael Jordan is the greatest NBA basketball player to ever lace it up, in my opinion. LeBron James will have the greatest NBA career. Yep. And, and it's you. not even close. Um, I mean, his career's not over, which is nuts. Like Jabbar, yeah, you can play 20 years. You're seven feet tall. You had a shot that no one else has ever been able to do. 
And even in Jabbar's last year, you still couldn't do anything about it. LeBron is still like, you know, top five, top 10 athlete in the league. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, you know, look, think about LeBron and Carl Malone. And I think this is right. LeBron weighs two pounds more than Carl Malone. I mean, just, just visually think of the speed that LeBron plays with running with the weight of Carl Malone. I mean, right. it's just amazing. And, and, you know, his best part of his game is his brain. Well, yeah, Carl Malone didn't have like one tenth of that. Yeah, no. I, this is why I kept circling whether I wanted to pick the Lakers because I was so impressed by them in the playoffs, how physical they were. I know they got swept, but they were just such a bitch to play because he's so powerful. You know, that this strength game that he had that he just didn't have when you guys were battling him in the late 2000s. He, now he, he does. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't right. even post up. Like, right. I remember game one in our, our Cleveland series. He, the first play of the game was a post-up play, and he scored, and I turned to Tibbs. like, uh-oh. Right. Did he figure he it out? Like, and he never did it again. Like, literally, he never did it again. You know, the Lakers are their size. Their size is a factor. And when they play size and speed, and I always tell this to teams, teams with, with size that can run, it's like a snowball rolling downhill. You can't stop it. So yeah. uh, I watched them in an exhibition game. I did the game. If they tried, if they played the pace they played that night all year, they're a problem. They're a am, major problem. Am I too high on Reeves? Because I think he's like, I, I not only is he the third best guy in that team, but I think that's a guy who could be the third best guy in a title team potentially. But I think I'm, am I too high on him or is it too early? Or are you no, in? I don't, I don't. I don't think you're too high. I actually said he's going to be an all-star. Uh, one year, maybe not this year, but one year, you know, he has the other stuff that yeah. makes great players. You know, he has all the intangibles and he's got a swag and a, and a fearless attitude right. that he had coming in the league. Like, and, and that is something most swags in our league are fake. They right. just are. They, they are half of the guys. They act that this guy is real. His, his swag is real. Um, and that's going to be, a, he's a problem, man. He's a good player. Uh, he's a pesky defender. He's not a great defender. But, but he gives a tough. shit. He tries. Yeah. Yeah. And he, not, and he loves physical play, which is unusual yeah. for a guard. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Are you still a Bears fan or did you renounce them? No, I'm a Bears fan. So did Bears you see fan. this guy they played last week, Tyson Bajan? Yeah. So he, he it was a little Austin Reeves-ish where he's this Div 2 kid. Everyone's like, oh, this guy's going to suck. And then he kind of carried himself and, you know, you know, he ran for a first down and he's pointing to the crowd. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? Is this rookie from Div 2? But some guys just have it. And I, I felt that way with Reeves the whole time. It was like, who is this guy? Why is yeah, he so brother, confident? I don't get it. My brother, my brother called me and said, we have a new Purdy. We have a new Purdy. <laughs> right. and I, did, I told him to settle down. <laughs> no, we don't. You know, the Bears are tough though, man. And well, I, I I hate to say this, but I really hope they can get the first two picks in the draft. They have an opportunity to do that. That yeah. can change their franchise. It would really be interesting. Yeah, they just, it's weird. The NFL, they don't think that way. The no. way they do it. The, like the NBA, it's like, oh man, we could get Wembenyama. Have you seen the highlights? And it's like, all right, let's rest everybody. All right, you're sitting yeah. tonight. And NFL, I guess it's probably too hard to do that. It's too violent. It's too physical. Uh, all right, we'll take one more break, then I'm going to throw some more forwards or less at you. This next segment is brought to you by Google Pixel. 
the only phone engineered by Google and the official fan phone of the NBA and WNBA. With all-star features, Pixel 8 Pro has all the fun tools fans can actually rally around, like Audio Magic Eraser. Let's you cut out the background noise so that you can capture the sound of every swish and dish loud and clear. I wonder, I wish we had Audio Magic Eraser for some of my podcasts when, uh, when I predicted that Giannis was going to leave the Bucks. Um, let's see, what, what underrated upgrade have we, did we have in the NBA this season? I know, Drew Holiday going to the Celtics. Like that, to me, when we're talking phone upgrades, basketball upgrades, I think about Drew Holiday and Derek White guarding every guard on the, uh, every good guard in the league. That's an upgrade. For fans who want an experience that's truly built different, you got to get the new Pixel 8 or Pixel 8 Pro. I'm a pro guy. If the pro's next to the phone, I'm in. Learn more about the official fan phone of the NBA, googlestore.com forward slash pixel NBA. Audio magic eraser requires Google Photos app may not work on all audio elements. This episode of the Bill Simmons podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I understand that some things you just want to keep private. Maybe it's something you don't want anyone to know, or maybe you think it's something minor, so why bother? But if you keep everything bottled up, if you let those emotions sit there and fester, it could be really, really bad for you. Sometimes it depends on what kind of family you're from. Like my dad's family is one of those. They bottle everything up, bottle everything up, and then they all just get mad at each other. Listen, Talking things through is more helpful than you think. If you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend some therapy. Think about the things you can get out of therapy. First of all, a sounding board. You can learn better coping skills. You can learn how to set some boundaries, maybe how to empower yourself a little better day to day. And if you want to give therapy a try, well, I have an answer. BetterHelp, a convenient and flexible way since it's entirely online right now. It's easy to get started too. You can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bill Simmons today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P slash Bill Simmons. Three words, the Harden saga. You saw this one coming probably June, July, and, and it's played out. I think we could have predicted all the beats. Um... I, I don't even like asking about this because I feel like I saw you in ESPN a couple weeks ago and you took like seven straight Philly questions. And I, I just think there's 30 teams in the league. You have so much, I don't want to spend too much time on Philly, but yeah. at the same time, it felt like this was always destined to be a horrible situation. Do you see any yeah, road where it isn't? Um, no, unless they move them, you know, yeah, okay. um, which, which I think they almost have to, um, you know, uh, I always look at silver linings. You have to as a coach. Uh, the silver lining is Maxie could have a hell of a year this year, you know, uh, because if James is not going to be there, 
that means Maxi will be there, and this will be the first time he's able to actually be the second guy. So that's the silver lining. That well, and then also you got athletic wings, and maybe you can change your identity a little bit without them. And- yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at the games with and without. We were different in, in that in, in some of those. Uh, we are clearly better with James. But maybe yeah. no mistake about that, especially first half of the year. But man, it's a tough one. It, it really is. And the, the tough part for, for the Sixers is there's no there's no takers. Yeah, you know, that's the part that people are missing. Like if there are a lot of teams out there and bidding then you can probably get exactly what you want. But right now, uh, and I don't know this, but it seems like the only team that has a little interest are the Clippers. And so that that really puts uh, the organization in a really tough way. It, it really does. And so they're going to either have to do that or sign them, and they're never going to sign them to what he wants. You can't um, sign them at this point. I don't see how you, you do that. You, well, you, and then he can do the you, thing. You he, a year ago. Right. You, you know what I mean? And and yet, uh, you know, he thought he was going to get that. Uh, and so, you know, it makes it tough. So what would you tell the people of Philadelphia about this? The, our Philadelphia oh. listeners, what, what would you what would you say? What do they have to look forward to this season? I think they listen, if they do a trade, they're going to be really good. You, you, you have Joe and Embiid on your team. Maxie yeah. is ready, Bill. He is ready. I thought, okay. was, you know, Sam Cassell said it all last year to me. Like, he's he's ready now, but, you know, we got two guys. And so, and I believe that. So, I do think if they make the right trade uh, and allow Maxie to be Maxie, he's ready, and that makes them a really good team. Yeah, they, they're over under in Vegas. I think it was 49 and a half. And yeah. it's dropped now to like 47 and a half. It's dropped two wins, which is a lot. And there's like their playoff odds have dropped. And I think people are staring at this going. And I, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were. You guys, what were you, 46 and 19 down the stretch last year? I think it was the best yeah. record for the last three-fourths of the season. I don't think you'll be that good again. But I'm also the East. Like now I'm like, oh, man, maybe maybe they will be pretty good with or without James. It's just a question yeah, of how far is he going to go to sabotage it? Listen, they're going to get to the second round, and then if healthy, they got Joel Embiid. That's yeah. my three years there. You knew you were going to get there. Uh, unfortunately, Joel was never healthy, but if healthy and no other stuff, you know, if you know what I mean. Like, if yeah. James is there and in or James is gone, then you have a shot. But if you have the saga going on, plus not health, you have no chance. Have you and coached a team that had an ongoing saga like that where there you just didn't know what your roster was going to be three months three months from now, but you're just dealing with the day-to-day and the questions and constantly and what about James and what it, how are you going to do? And it's just like just the soap opera that never ends. How do you handle it? Bill, you, you don't remember Ben Simmons? Oh, uh, well, but he was gone though. Like you knew he wasn't coming back. I, I guess that is fair, but yeah, I, the Harden's yeah. kind of he could pop back at any time. Ben Simmons was like, that yeah, kid's in Hard, London. Hard, He's not playing. Harden, Harden is tougher because he may say, I have to play because I want to get paid. Which he will. At like day and, 28, and, he's going to do that. Yeah, he's going to do that. And that is a, and then so what do you do? I mean, for Nick, that's tough. Like, you're going to have to, you're going to play him. You're not going to bench him. Yeah. Like, you know, so yeah, it, it uh, that's, that's why it has to be figured out before that happens one way or the other it has to be figured out are you surprised by any of this 
No, not at all. You can see it coming. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody can see it coming. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, I, I will say this. I actually thought that he would be taken care of. Um, and uh, right when he wasn't, you knew that's when I said, yeah, this is mm. going to be a problem. You know? Well, that leads me to my next four words or less. Ben Simmons comeback season. There's some people who are believing in this. I am not one of them. I am a, you're going to have to prove it to me like over multiple weeks and months before I start buying the stock back. Um, but he is saying all the right things. I just, I fundamentally don't know if he likes playing basketball and he hasn't proven to us that he has. And you had a situation with him a few years ago where not only did he, you know, did his weird holdout, which I still don't totally understand the point of, but it almost seemed like he he was good with just not being involved with basketball at all. Where you've had, you know, Portland's leveraging Dame Lillard during the summer, and they're like, all right, fundamentally, ultimately, we know this guy's not going to hold out because he loves basketball too much. Ben Simmons was the opposite. Do you believe that he might love basketball now? Well, I'm not going to disagree a word that you said. <laughs> I'll do it like that. But I will say this, um, you know, he, I think if they use him correctly, I think it's, I don't know if there's a more important player to be used correctly for them to play well than Ben. Mm. If you put him in situations where he has to be a scorer, it's not going to work. If you put him in situations where he can create scoring, uh, he can get downhill. I said it on, on something recently. The whole key for Ben is free throws. Yeah. It's not the jump shot. If Ben has confidence in shooting free throws, then he becomes powerful again. He's ready. You know, people don't realize when you're scared to shoot a free throw, you're scared to drive. You're scared to do anything because you don't want to get hit. But when you want to get to the free throw line, and now you're attacking all the time, and a downhill Ben Simmons is a problem. Uh, the question is, can he get back to that level? I well, and also the other the other question is the the playoffs version of him. Can you yeah. win in the playoffs if he's scared to shoot and if he's scared to get fouled? Can you even play him at that point? No, and I'm just always going to believe no. No, and you're right, especially the but the, if he, if he's scared to shoot is one thing. Scared to get fouled is 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 just gigantic. Think about this: you can't even put him in a pick and roll. You can't put right. him in anything. Uh, but if he's can get his free throws right, then that changes the narrative on him, in my opinion. I think that's the only thing he needs to improve. And then he, the, the second question is, can he be healthy? Does he you don't, you don't think physically he's the same? I don't. I, I, I didn't see it last year now. Uh, I did look the first time they played the Sixers. I think he had like nine shots. Mm. That, that's, I know that sounds crazy, but that's, that's an important thing. What if, have you seen any of the Zion footage? Because everyone's talking about he looks pretty good. To me, he looks big. It just looks like he's carrying too much weight. And I don't know if he's filling out because he's starting to get older and he's headed toward his mid-20s. But I don't know. I mean, you're you're older than I am and you've been in the league longer than just about anybody. But I just, I don't like when guys who are in the air carry weight. It just makes me nervous. And I just feel like yeah. he's going to get hurt. He looks like Zion. I, like, right. I don't see a change. I do. He looks athletic. He looks quicker, if that's possible. Um, you know, people forget, right? That was our game. He got injured uh, last right. year. Yeah. And at that time, I think they had the best record in the West. Uh, yeah. And I do think people do forget that a little. They, they, they were playing great. 
uh, early in the year. And then they had all this stuff. So, um, you know, Bill, I, I worry about him for the exact same reason. Uh, you know, John Stockton made that comment um, his first year, rookie year, I think he tried to dunk and he came down on someone's foot and he decided, I'm going to play uh, horizontal for the rest of my career. I'm right. not going to try to jump, you know. Uh, here's a guy that is flying through the air carrying 300 plus pounds, you know. Yeah, I, I worry about him. I just worry about his body and if it can hold up. and if He has a discipline to stay and continue to work on his body. And and usually, you know, when guys have a weight problem, stuff like that, it's rarely solved. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the history of our game. And so if he can solve that, uh, then they'll be great. But that's the question. It's weird that, like right now we're in this time where there's a bunch of talented players who are all unable to stay out of their own way for whatever reason, right? It could be weight. It could be, you know, uh, whatever this happened with Ben Simmons the last couple of years. It could be James Harden. It could be what's going on with Ja. But like when you came into the league, this was such a big part of the league. This was such a big part of the league that I grew up with. And a lot of it was cocaine related because cocaine was such a dangerous drug at the time. But you just watch these guys, you know, throw away their careers for drugs or they'd get one foot injury and it would last three years or they'd hurt their knee and they were basically done. Or like Andrew Tony hurts his foot, he's gone. And then the 90s happened and all the money came in and that just pushed people in these weird directions that we had never seen before. They're 22, they think they're hot shit and they're not. And now we're in this other era in the 2020s. I don't even know how to define it, but we have all these talented dudes and some of them, I don't know, like, have, have we seen the best of Zion already? Like, I, I don't even know. We might yeah, have. I, I, I don't know that. I hope not. I do think I AU, hope not too. I think AU has something to do with a lot of these young injuries. I, I really do. Um, mm. We didn't have AU growing up. When I played, we had the park. Yeah, <laughs> we right. Just, we just played at the park. But I always looked through, like, Austin's eyes, and I watched him play five games in a day, you know, and they play all summer. Uh, and it seems like there's more stress-related injuries. You know, yeah. uh, so I do think that, and I wish like the NBA or somebody could just grab the AU and, and start teaching like they teach in Europe and teach guys to pass and shoot and move without the ball. Uh, I think we do need to be taught that more in this country uh, and it's not being taught. And I think that needs to change. Um, I also think these guys all have their own identity now. You know, uh, it's a factor. Instagram and Twitter and having your own stuff. It's, I mean, listen, I played my whole career without a darn cell phone right. for the most part. Um, we talk to each other. Now, you see guys on the bus texting each other and laughing. You oh, know, that's weird. I mean, they don't even, you don't even hear them sometimes. Like, it's just different. And, and guys are really, uh, they own they, all these new brands. I have my own brand. I got to protect my brand. Um, you know, that stuff's important. Sometimes I wonder, is that her competitiveness? John Thompson Sr., before he passed, we were watching a game together. And he said, you know what? You remember when you played, everyone played one-on-ones before the game? And that's how we warmed up. Right. You know, me, Dominique, Kevin Willis, Spud, we would all line up and play one-on-ones. And we played hard. He said, you play these guys now, no one wants to really play in a one-on-one. I'm not playing that hard. If I lose, I wasn't really trying because yeah. it may hurt their brain. You know? But the winners will. You know, that's the one thing, like the same guys. So in some ways, the league has changed. In some ways, it hasn't changed at all. It's that same 
group of alpha guys that are still dominating the league. And, and they, they like Michael, and I hate using him. Michael wanted to win. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. And he was, Larry Bird wanted to win. Uh, Larry Bird hated people because they beat him. <laughs> right. You know, um, Pat Riley, we couldn't pick up anyone off the floor. You know, yeah. we started a team fight uh, against Charlotte one night because Rolando Blackman was picking up Larry Johnson and he remembered halfway that it's a $500 fine. <laughs> so, so, so he let him go. And, oh, no. <laughs> and, and both benches clear. Like, you actually didn't like your opponent. Well, then there was Isaiah and the Pistons who took all that stuff to like the nth level. Just went yeah. nuts. I mean, listen, you listen to Isaiah talk now. I'm like, let it go. He still hasn't let it go. Right. I mean, he, he can't. I, I don't know when the last time I've heard Isaiah Thomas say a good thing about Michael Jordan. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's hilarious. You know, yeah, so, they're like yeah. old professional wrestlers who are retired they wrestlers really still talking about steel cage matches. <laughs> You know, I'm glad you mentioned Dominique because I was thinking, I don't think anybody would have been helped more by the Instagram TikTok era than like a 22-year-old Dominique, oh, the greatest in-game dunker of all time. Oh, just coming in, Dominique with this, just think what he would have made at Georgia. I'm not saying he didn't right. make a lot at Georgia. Anyway. <laughs> he still made it. He's doing okay. <laughs> he, would do it. he would have done even better. <laughs> yeah. Um, two more for you. How about uh, OKC Young and Hungry? Are you, buying, are you buying? Are you buying? I have OKC. That's like my big, this is going to yeah. be the leap for them. Are you in on that? I'm not, uh, but I love the team. And I think they're going to be really good. Uh, they'll make the playoffs. But, you know, they're still young. And 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 in some ways now, you're not going to go to OKC thinking you got to win. You know, so right. it's going to change a little bit the way teams are mentally playing them. Um, you know, Chet's good. I mean, he's really good. So Shea is a star. Yeah. So they do. They they have the makings of something. I think Giddy is has he has to have a big year for them. So you're thinking like 45 win range for them? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I I'm think they'll be in that area, and that's pretty good. That's a big league. I'm going. Uh, I'm going higher. That's that's my. I think that's my my Sacramento Kings for this year. The team they that's doing that. better than people think. I'm like, whoa, these guys. I think they're the well, these guys. What do you guys think team. about what do you think about Sacramento? Will they keep rising? Will they go the other way now? Feels like the same. Just because the West will be better, but their team yeah. will be a little better. So somewhere in the mid forties. But you've seen this where sometimes all hell breaks loose in a conference, and a team that's like a forty three win team wins forty nine. Doesn't mean they're a forty nine win team. So I want to see yeah. with them, but I, I want to, this Vizenkov, I, I want to see what he does with them. And I want to see if Keegan Murray is better for them. Did you, when you played them last year, what'd you think of them? Well, they were hard to play. We beat them both times. Um, we beat them one time without, in Sacramento without Joel or James. <laughs> right. And, and we won that game. Uh, but they are a mess to play with, especially in the regular season. Their pace is, you just don't play that pace against teams that play at that pace every day. Right. So they're very hard to play. Uh, Murray is the key. That kid, uh, from if you look at the first 20 games to the last 60 games, it was yeah. amazing how quickly he got better. And so it'll be interesting where he goes now this year. Yeah, does he have a jump? Um, all right, I got to ask you about Wemby. Have you him. seen the clips? 
Have you seen him in uh, person? What have been your interact? What, what's your Wemby experience so far? I, I've, you know, I've talked to Pop, but I've not seen him in person. I, I, you, he's right now, Bill. If you turn the TV on, you're flipping around and you stop, and he's in a game. You're not you turning again. Yeah, you're watching. You're, the, I don't know if you saw that. I watched the Golden oh, State game. I did. I, I, I watched it live. I, he had a two minute stretch. I didn't even know what happened. I, I like blacked out. Listen, when you start blocking three point shots, Clay Thompson, he blocked Clay and Steph, maybe the quickest shooters in the league. Uh, Wiggins, like, once it's rare. I bet, you know, I don't even know what the stats, you should look it up. How many three point uh, shots are blocked? Oh my God. It can't be, it's, it's got to be less than like a hundred a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this guy is doing it every night. He's doing it. So when you're shooting now and you see him coming, it's, it, it's in your brain. The whole league is in their brain already. Um, he, he can score. He can really shoot the ball. And the nights that he's really making threes, he becomes unguardable. Um, I, his he looks, he looks really comfortable, doesn't he, offensively? I, it, like since the summer to now, the, I was yeah. the most surprised by that. He's in no rush. He's taking his time. You know, I remember when like Coach Al Jefferson, remember Al when he first got like everything yeah, was yeah. quick. And I used to say, Al, the guy guard you, I swear to God, he's not going to grow. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to be shorter than you in five seconds. Take your time, you know? And when right. Al started doing that, it was over, you know? He's already doing that. He's already playing at a great pace. And let's just listen. He couldn't have gone to a better place. Yeah. He really could for a lot of reasons. Tony Parker from France. You know, there's so many good reasons. And it's so good for the league that uh, I'm really hoping, you know, my only fear is health because of his size. Yeah, and the, you even see it's just hard for him to get out of the way when guys dive for a loose ball and he's yeah. got to, like, move his body. You played, you were in the league when Manute showed up that first year. Yeah. It was, and it was like, what's going on? This guy's blocking five blocks a game and everybody's just throwing moonshots over him to try. Like, do you remember that? Oh, God. Bill, him and, him and Mark Eaton, too. Uh, but, yeah. but more, more Bo. I remember many times, like, I had, I went around a guard. He's behind me, Bo. So I got the layup and you lay it a go and all of a sudden, out of nowhere. And it would, it would, it bothered your game. Like, you didn't like playing against Washington because of him, you know? And this kid is doing this with the offense. Uh, he's a great passer. People yeah, are talking about his passing. So he's, uh, man, they're going to play him at that high elbow at times. And what do you do? People are going to be cutting around. He can turn around and shoot. He can just think about it. When he has the ball in the elbow, he's all, he can always shoot and turn. What are you going to do about it? Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, well, wow, it's going to be fun to watch. He also has the quality you mentioned earlier. Like, he's really competitive. Very competitive. Like, that Warriors game, me, he was like, I'm playing Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, and I'm going to put on a show in this game. I'm really excited. And he did it. You know, I was talking to Austin last week, and he said, you know that? You know what everybody's missing by Wimby? I said, what's that? He's competitive. He's competitive. He's got, he's got the gene. Like, he wants to beat people. Uh, you can see it. Uh, even the first uh, rookie game, he didn't play well. Did you see his mind? Like, you can feel his mindset yeah. in that second game. Like, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to show you who I am. Like, I love guys like that. So did you, before we go, did you come close to coaching this summer or no? You were done? Philly was done? Did the Phoenix no. stuff, how much of that was true? 
It was true. I mean, we talked a, a while. Uh, I, I met with the ownership. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just think, you know, as I said, the, every day I was out, I realized more that I needed a break. Uh, and this was good for me. So I'm actually loving being right here right now. Because there was a whole Chicago thing going on there with the Phoenix situation that I thought was interesting. Because you and Eddie Johnson and Isaiah and like, I don't. Um, you guys that have what? What age did you guys know each other? How old were you? Like eleven? Oh yeah, maybe even earlier. You know, I think I played Isaiah. Uh, he played at Resurrection, and I played at Saint Elia. Though I was not Catholic. Uh, there was a school called Saint Elia. You <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you had to go to you had to go to mass once a month. Right, <laughs> you did that. You could play on their on their basketball team, and that's how <laughs> I got to play. So yeah, I think I saw Isaiah the first time was fifth grade. We played against each other, and I was like, "Wow, who is this kid?" Was he yeah, like a so, like a little competitive bastard back then? Like like the like same, he was as an adult. He was the same dude that he is right now. <laughs> <laughs> what about what was Eddie Johnson's game as a thirteen year old? Just great money, score. twenty footers. Yeah, great score. You know, it's unusual because he could shoot. Yeah. You know, most kids growing out of Chicago, they really couldn't shoot. We played outside. You know, you, right. drove, you, you drove to the basket. And then we get this guy, Eddie Johnson, making jump shots. We were like, oh, this is unusual. You know, think about Isaiah was an average shooter. You know, he got better. Uh, I was average at best. I got better. Daryl Walker. You can go down the list. Not a lot of great shooting out of Chicago. <laughs> no, I mean, Isaiah was, I think, like top three in three-point percentage one year. And it was like 31%. Like the percentages yeah. were so bad. But. Your generation, Rose, like them, nobody cared. Derrick Rose, we all attack. We just right. attack the basket. And now, shoot, you go to a, a game um, at Proviso East, and they're shooting 10 feet behind the three. Steph Curry has changed the game as much as Magic Johnson changed the game. And that's yeah. dramatic. So you're going to pop on here, I don't know, every three weeks or so during the season. You're going to pop on yeah. Austin's podcast a couple times, maybe do a Rosillo. Yeah. How many games are you doing for ESPN? Well, varies because, you know, you're contracted, but you know how they do it. They have to contract it for 21 just for the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm going to end up probably doing 30 regular season games. Not, not, not bad. And popping around different, and uh, most of the bigger ones, right? Either the Friday or the Sunday games? Yeah, the Friday, Sunday. Uh, this is one of the only weeks that I'm doing two in a week. I'm doing the Golden State Sack game. And mm. what's great, Bill, is I don't go... East again and go one more Thanksgiving. I come back to New York. Other than that, it's LA, Phoenix, Sacramento, and I do one San Antonio game. Nice. How's the, how's the yeah. golf? How many rounds? How many rounds a week are we up to? About three a week, you know. Three I'm a week? That, yeah. And when I can get to four, it's glorious, but three right. a week. Yeah. All right. La Larry David promised he'd come on with us for one of these podcasts. Oh, so we'll, we'll, see if he, just, we'll see if he keeps I, his word. He's texted me three times, uh, twice since we've been on. He wants something. So I'll find <laughs> out what the hell it is. <laughs> All right. Good to see you. Uh, I'm glad you you're too. aboard doing pods with us. I'm psyched to hear you on the games. You do a great job. Uh, it's good to have you in our lives as a media guy. I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, it's really funny. Bill, I'm going to call you and you show me how to set this whole thing up. I will. Absolutely. 100%. All right. All right. Good to see you, Doc. Take care. 
All right, that's it for the podcast. Thanks to Doc Rivers. Thanks to Kyle Creighton and Steve Cerruti as well. Don't forget about the rewatchables in the line of fire. That is up. You can listen to it right after you finish this podcast. I'm going to be back on Thursday with football and a little basketball as well. Looking forward to it. See you then. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. You can call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. What you use in your personal care routine matters, so upgrade your lineup with Dr. Squatch. They have high-performing natural products with no harmful ingredients. That'll have you looking and smelling your best, like their Wood Barrel Bourbon Bar Soap and Lotion or their Bay Rum Deodorant. They even have some limited edition soaps like their Avengers and Star Wars collections. Those seem like they'd be fun to try. And right now, they have an amazing offer for new customers. Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or a subscription order by going to drsquatch.com slash Simmons or use the code Simmons at checkout.